Hello, I'm Jason Ball, and this is Friends with Friends, the podcast where we look at all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends, one episode at a time. Once again, joined by my friends, Vanessa and Jackie. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm Jackie Rodriguez. I still can't believe I'm doing this uh, podcast because I love Friends. I'm the ultimate Friends fan. I love the show. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Vanessa Martinez, and I'm a newbie to this started watching this during quarantine but you know who else started watching during quarantine again courtney cox so we do have something in common oh that's awesome all right so this is uh we were talking about episode number seven the one with the blackout it premiered on november 3rd 1994 to 23 and a half million viewers so this is the first one that was in that november sweeps period and you can tell the ratings went up too i don't know if the promotion went up for it too but the viewership you know this i think this is the first time it's hit over you know, the 23 and a half million so far. So that's an interesting thing. So Jackie, give us a, an overview. Yes. So New York City is under a blackout. Chandler gets stuck in an ATM vestibule with a Victoria's Secret model. And Ross tries to put the moves on Rachel, but then she meets Paolo. And we Paolo. Paolo, the Italian. I'm Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's interesting about this episode is there was, when I saw this again, I was like, there was a I had friends living in New York and there was a huge blackout, but the one I remember was in 97, but there was a real blackout in 94 too. Yeah. So about that, um, this episode wasn't the only one to feature a blackout um, on their show. On November 3rd, there was actually three shows that featured this blackout. Oh, that's interesting. What were the other two? It was um, Mad About You in the episode called Pandora's Box. That also aired on November 3rd, same as this Friends episode. And right before this episode, it aired at 8. Yeah. Friends was on at 8.30. And Jamie causes the power outage in New York City. And then <laughs> also, Mad Men of the People uh, and a quick-lived NBC show also featured the blackout, which also aired on the same night oh. as this episode. So yeah. they had a whole block of like the same comedies. Yeah, mm-hmm. blackout. <laughs> New York-based blackout comedies. That's funny. Yep. Let me see that must-see TV. They were very good about paying attention to the storylines in some ways and integrating and doing the crossover episodes, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more uh, as this as this progresses. But that that's I didn't know that. That's interesting. Uh, so, that, is, that is interesting. Yeah, I, I wonder also- how much coordination and. It took to do that. Maybe just a phone call. We're going to do a blackout. All right, we will too. Yeah, the yeah. exact, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's funny that you're getting, it's Phoebe's first time to perform on the show. We're getting, all getting ready and then as soon as she starts. <laughs> the first yeah. time we see her with a guitar. And and who knew that would lead to like what she carries on through the series. But I also heard that um, they had to tell her to stop learning because she was getting too good at her character. <laughs> like, stop learning so much guitar. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, you never really hear anyone being told, stop doing this because you're so good at it. Right. You know? But really you see funny. her play it in um, later on in the apartment as well. So she's actually good playing it when she's playing those other songs. <laughs> yeah. And that's that song that you mentioned that um, she's playing in the apartment was actually a real song and it's called top of the world. And it was by the carpenters. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that either. That's yeah. a good, good bit. <laughs> so somehow in the, in the blackout Chandler gets isolated away from all the friends yeah. stuck in the ATM vestibule. Do you even know what an ATM vestibule is? They still have those? <laughs> they do. My they bank do. has one. You, okay. you have to 
put your AT your debit mm-hmm. card or slide it to get into the room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They still have them. Then he's in there with Victoria's Secret, Victoria's Secret model Jill uh, Goodacre, and he has yeah. to figure out if it's her because he yeah. thinks it is, but then it is. Yeah. But do you know who she is? Yes. Well, I didn't know watching until later on when, like, I googled, and she's actually. Married to Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. Married in 1994, the year that Friends premiered. Right, they had to, she was since she was already married at that point too. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a funny episode. Was yeah. she married? To, was the character Jill married, or was she not? I think she probably was married. And she just didn't say anything. Yeah, and I like how they keep her um, keep her real name and who she is, and, yeah. and kind of like. Uh, in the real world, kind of breaking the fourth wall in that sense. It's like this is a real Victoria's Secret character, right? Yeah, and she was a she was like their main lady back in the day. Yeah, and she's stunning. She's oh. so beautiful. She's so beautiful. The, that whole scene with Chandler and the inside head narrate, narration was the highlight for me of this episode because he's just so good at it in the way that he's just moving around and. And, you know, going along with it. So I wonder how they shot that. Did they have somebody read him the lines and he just like, you know, mm. moving around with it, you know, and then and then the way he narrates it, you know, in the VO booth. I just I just think it's so great. I wonder if he narrated it before and they played it so he could react. To his yeah. Own voice or whatever. Yeah, because it would be kind of hard to act if I'm just speaking to him, you know, oh, that's Jill Goodacre. Like it would be kind of hard to feed off of that. So that's a good point, too. But it's also the second episode in a row where they've done that internal voice. Because in the last one, it was Monica obsessing about leaving her shoes in the in the living room. One thing I thought that was so funny in the that vestibule scene was when um, the model and Chandler were sitting on the floor playing with the pens that were attached mm-hmm. to whatever it was. And they were like going around. And, around. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was like, that takes a lot of talent, I would think, you know, because you have to get momentum with the pen and, you know, you have to be quick enough to like have your head rotate with the pen. It also yeah. showed you kind of how long they'd been in there if they were to that point where <laughs> you know, they'd been in there a long time if they yeah. were to the where they're like, figuring out new games to play with the pens that are attached to chains. Yeah. <laughs> And again, Chandler's awkwardness, that gum would be perfection, you know? <laughs> and didn't he have something about like, oh, does it have sugar in it or something? Yeah, is it sugarless? <laughs> is it sugarless? <laughs> and then I love when he calls the the apartment, he calls the rest of the friends, and he's telling them, um, talk on an ATM reserial, or drill, whatever, you know? And then Monica doesn't understand it, and he goes, put Joey on the phone, and Joey totally gets it. Joey totally gets it, and then he asks him a question, and I've listened to that multiple times, even before we started this podcast. I've rewound, re- rewind it, and like, wait, what is Joey saying back to Chandler? And I still, I Googled, I still couldn't figure it out. <laughs> you probably have to, like, slow it down or something. <laughs> Nothing, it's just a gag. Yeah. It's yeah. Really funny, and then yeah. you know the, and then you know Chandler totally understands what he's saying, but yeah, yeah. he's like, oh yeah, I haven't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. It was such a good sequence for Matthew Perry. And it's also uh, the second time we've seen Chandler when he actually gets comfortable with with a woman. He's actually endearing and fun mm-hmm. and, and and interesting. He just needs to get over his dorkiness or whatever. Yeah. It is. That's exactly what it is. Chandler's the dorky, uh, dorkiness, the dorky guy, <laughs> and Joey's the like the the lover. And then 
um, Roth is a sensitive one. So it's like they each have these different traits of what you want in one person. <laughs> I mean, I liked Ross in this episode, but he he also kind of irritated me in it. It's, it's well, like enough already. I feel yeah. like Joey. It's never going to happen, dude. <laughs> it's never going to yeah. happen. Well, speaking of Ross, David Trimmer was actually nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actor in Carbon Series for this episode and the one with the sonogram. Oh, so I didn't he, know it was the Yeah. Guy. So I guess he it was a, a dual nomination for two episodes. But mm-hmm. he ended up losing to David Hyde Pierce for his role as Dr. Niles Crane and Frasier. Oh. Well, that's, that's a great character, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. So this this landed him an Emmy nomination. Oh, that's, that's cool. interesting. Because he, irri- he really was just kind of irritating to me in this whole episode. Until mm-hmm. the lights come back on, he sees what he sees, and then yeah. I feel bad for him. <laughs> 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 All right, should we take a quick break and come back and talk about the whole blackout scene, the cat yeah. and Paolo? Yeah, let's talk Paolo. Oh, All right, we'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And we're back. Let's. Uh, so, Joey finally talks Ross into. Oh, the friend zone. This is where the term the friend zone came from. It is where it originated from. This is where it originated. Really? Joey, Joey Tribbiani. Joey Tribbiani coined the phrase in the friend zone in oh this episode. I have no idea. I've just always known that term, maybe because I've, it's been applied to me. But I've, <laughs> I've always known that term. I didn't know the shape of friends. When <laughs> Ross is walk, you know, following Rachel and Joey just goes, never going to happen. It was, I thought it was hilarious. And then he gets into the explaining why he's waited too long. Now he's in the friend zone. Yeah. And he finally gets the courage up to do it. Joey talks him into it. They go outside and then Rachel sees the cat. <laughs> yep, yes. the cat totally attacks off the ledge onto Ross. And I love that also that when it's happening, you see Ross and Rachel outside trying to struggle with the cat. And then that's when they're singing Top of the World. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty dramatic, uh, dramatic attack. Too, yeah. You just see like Ross like flinching himself, like trying to get the cat off. So maybe that landed him the Emmy nomination, that whole little sequence. That's funny. Well, so, it, it is an example of they, they use that kind of old school physical comedy as a you know as a, re- a relief to a very tense moment too yeah totally mm-hmm. totally like that and then so the cat owner we find out belongs to paolo this italian handsome beautiful man and what's funny Who's is that, so english yes so what's, <laughs> what's funny is that like when she's having a conversation with ross when they're sitting on the ground and she's talking about passion she's never had that kind of passion in her life you know and when ross lovingly says you know i think i see big passion in your future 
Little did he know, <laughs> like minutes later, happens <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> but it's hilarious. funny when they go looking for the cat's owner. Uh, Phoebe and Rachel go looking for the cat's owner, and they go to what, what the the cranky the weird neighbor. Mr. Heckle. So they never say his name in this episode, but it's the first appearance by him where it's uh, he tries to say his, his that's his cat. It's Bob Buttons. <laughs> and that's played by Larry Hank, Hankin. And he is on Breaking Bad later. Has yeah. a recurring role on, on Breaking Bad. But then, you know, you have the awful nasty neighbor. And then she stumbles upon Paolo, and he literally takes her breath away so much that she blows the candle out. Yeah. He's so just like, yeah, he's so like standing against the door, like caressing his cat, and yeah. then she just like stumbles upon him, and he's like, yeah. Mr. Rico Suave, pa- Paolo Passionista, you know? <laughs> oh so, yeah, so Paolo, let's talk about him. His um, real name is Cosimo Fusco, and he's still an Italian actor today, but his English is a lot better. So last year when there was media about the 25th anniversary, he told the Today Show that he was asked to improvise during the whole um, when he's talking Italian. So he made up the lines, you know, when they're standing at the window and he's looking out. He made up those lines. Guarda la luna, guarda la stelle, look at the stars, <laughs> look at the moon, and he looks at Rachel. He's totally improvising that scene. And then Ross, maybe this is why he got Emmy nominated, is that he improvised the blah, 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 blah. So the reaction to the, that that little sequence right there is um, all improvised. So Paolo had no lines going into this? He had some, but most most of the lines were all improvised because they're speaking Italian, so, you know. They probably wanted him to not, you know, pretend like he didn't know what they were talking about anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. And um, Cosimo, he, he also gets asked a lot what it was like to kiss Jennifer Aniston, so, <laughs> which they end up doing at the end of the scene, or end of the episode. I'm sure he gets that a lot. What did he say? <laughs> He says, oh, she's she's beautiful. It was great. She's professional. She's a sweetheart. <laughs> that's, that's my Italian accent. I don't know. <laughs> but he was very skeptical going in because he had to improvise and he didn't know much English then. And now he's better at his English because he was featured in this segment. But but yeah, I thought it was interesting how it was all improvised. And I love that they get its total opposite of Ross as well. Yeah, but I think Paul played it so good because he he said his lines at the right time mm-hmm. and he also you know played it off very like cool and i think he created iconic lines for this episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they had well, to bring in somebody else that was so much machismo than to ross <laughs> yeah that's true and it's funny because what my one of my favorite lines happens to be in that scene where um, Ross is trying to tell Paolo, like, look at here, you know, regional, I kind of have a thing. And um, Ross tells Paolo, do you say BJ? <laughs> so that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know that Paolo would be part of the whole, you know, he, he became part of so many episodes, you know, of like why him and Ross, or Ross and Rachel can't get together. It's like, finally, when he Ross finally can muster himself to do it, throws in a wrench. I think it's hilarious when the the candle finally burns out and they're all in the dark and they're starting to make the 
the ghost sounds or the, the, the scary sounds, and then Ross mm. does the best one, and the light <laughs> comes up, and then he sees uh, Rachel and Paolo kissing, and it really becomes a real howl. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, and he puts his hand on his chest. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like he's having a heart attack. That's the way he always is, though. One minute yeah. too late. Seize yeah. the moment. Yeah, and I just like how the writers are, are kind of um, carrying on this whole this whole Ross and Rachel. Is he going to do it? Is he not? Is he going to do it? Is he not? Throughout the whole first season. We're only in episode seven. And there are episodes. There's 24 in this season. So it keeps going. It keeps yeah. going. And I just like how they adjust and how they actually keep the storyline going. My favorite line. So yours was in the Paolo um, Ross. Mine was. When he, when Chandler and Jill are in the ATM vestibule, mine was the whole muffling. Um, Trump and ATM vestibule, good acre. <laughs> that was the highlight for me. Well, that was pretty he kisses him on the cheek and then he leaves and then he looks at the machine and goes, uh, mm-hmm. account numbers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, can I get a copy of the tape? Yeah. <laughs> I like then when Jill asks, in that scene, when Jill asks, Chandler, do you want to do? Do you need to call somebody? He goes, yeah, like three hundred guys from my high school. Right. <laughs> so that was my favorite in this episode. My favorite, though, actually, of this whole line is is Joey going, "It's never going to happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that changes the perspective about that whole entire phrase. Right. <laughs> so now, now when I get told that next time. Because I've been told many times, I'm going to say that's from friends, not from you. <laughs> right. You see how it ended, though. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, coming up on the next episode of Friends with Friends is the one where Nana dies twice. Oh. Oh, which is so bizarre. But we see more of dynamic with Jack and Judy and and, and the Gala family too. So and why everyone thinks Chandler's gay. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you like this episode, please subscribe, give us five-star ratings, uh, leave nice comments, and follow us on Instagram. Yes, follow us at Friends with Friends Podcast. Excellent.